0: Good good afternoon, and welcome to the meeting of the City and School District Joint Select Committee. I am joined by Supervisors John Avalos, Mark Farrell, as well as Board of Education Commissioners Sandra Lee Feuer, who will um, now be joining our Select Committee for um, 2014, as well as Commissioner Nguyen. Um, I'd like to thank SFGovTV for broadcasting today. Um, and I want to recognize Nona Melkonian and Mark Bunch, who record our meetings and make them available um, for Archive Online, as well as our clerk, um, Mr. Derek Evans. Um, Mr. Clerk, are there any announcements?
1: Yes, thank you, Madam Chair. Please make sure to silence all cell phones and electronic devices. Completed speaker cards and copies of any documents to be included as part of the file should be submitted to the clerk.
0: Thank you, um, Commissioner Mendoza. Did let us know that she is sick and will not be able to make it today. Do we have to take a motion to excuse her? Yes. Uh, may we? Uh, may I entertain a motion to excuse Mr. Mr. <laughs> excuse me, <commotion, laughs> Commissioner Mendoza McDonald. Uh, we have a motion, and we will do that without opposition. Mr. Clerk, may you call the first item?
1: Item number one is a hearing to receive an update on the 2012 supplemental appropriation to fund a credit recovery program for San Francisco Unified School District students at risk of not graduating in school year 2014-15, and requesting that the school district to present a progress update on how many students participated, current graduation rates, and how funding was spent.
0: Thank you. So um, this this hearing is on a follow-up on a supplemental appropriation um, in Uh, the previous year to fund a credit recovery program at San Francisco uh, Unified School District and to learn a little bit more about the progress of this program. Now I know um, in the appropriation of course, um, these are funds that were already previously dedicated to the school district, so we're not additional city funding. um, But I think that both bodies are quite interested in um, how the credit recovery program went um, and what we can do to better support our incoming graduating classes um, with our new graduation requirement uh, on A through G and, and um, what we can do together as a collective body. Um, I did want to give an opportunity if any members of the committee would like to speak before I call up our presenters. All right, um, so I will bring up, uh, we have um, Stephen Kaufman, who is the director of extended learning and support and Julie Chan, who is our education policy analyst um, to come and present on this item today. And so if TV can help support the presentation, that would be great.
2: Uh, good afternoon, uh, uh, Commissioner President Kim and commissioners and commissioners of the school board. I'm new to San Francisco, so I don't know the wording, so...
0: Supervisors and commissioners. (laughs) Sorry.
2: Supervisors and commissioners, uh, good afternoon. Thank you for allowing us to present the uh, 2012 Supplemental Funds uh, Credit Recovery Program in San Francisco. I'd like to introduce Julie Chan. She's the Educational Policy Analyst in the Office of Extended Learning and Support, which is a newly formed office in the Division of Curriculum Instruction that is specifically focused on credit recovery issues through evening school, summer school, online learning, and various other programs that we have up and going, and we'll go through that during the presentation. So thank you very much for the opportunity to present. So uh, we just wrote an agenda to kind of walk you through exactly what the presentation is going to be today. We're going to talk a little bit about what the initial challenges were. Uh, and what brought about the request for funding from San Francisco Unified for our credit recovery options. We're going to talk about uh, the four-year cohort graduation rate. Uh, we're going to explain a little about the A through G graduation requirements, uh, then what exactly are the credit recovery and earning programs that uh, are in play today, and then we're going to talk a little about where we are going with the Office of Extended Learning and Support with our Central Evening School. Summer school, our online learning, Sprout funds, and our Central Summer Bridge program. So, uh, the challenges that San Francisco Unified School District um, were encountering was a significant number of students uh, have not been meeting the credit and the A through G course requirements to to graduate on time. As you know, 2014 was the first year that the policy came into play that our students needed to be A through G. Uh, compliant to graduate from San Francisco Unified School District. Uh, In the past, uh, credit recovery programs lacked the uniform service delivery models and procedures to provide credit recovery options to all high school students because one of the key goals of San Francisco Unified is the access and equity issue we wanted to ensure that all students had access to um, credit recovery programs and that there was really no uh, effective data tracking system that was going to uh, support the other goal of accountability for funding and program improvement. And so thus, we now do have that capacity, which is really great with Julie Chan, and we are a data-driven program from this point moving forward. Uh, and also that this is probably the most important thing, which is most relevant, is that past systems, uh, delivery systems, lack stable funding and infrastructure to implement programs with any level of fidelity and uh, that has been luckily uh, um, eased by the, the P funding and the commitment by the uh, very wise uh, commissioners of the Board of Education by funding the A through G recovery efforts in the Office of Extended Learning and Support, which is very exciting for us and it's a brand new division in the uh, Office in the Division of Curriculum Instruction. So I'm going to let uh, Ms. Chan kind of go through the cohort graduation rates for you.
3: So these are the cohort graduations for the uh, for 2009 to 10, 10, 11, and 11 and 12. Um, for 2012 and 13, the numbers from the CDE are still not available yet. But you could see that our trends are showing that uh, there's a general increase in the cohort graduation rates, and you could also see it by breakdown for different subgroups. There's uh, General increase for African American students, Latino Hispanic students, um, Asian students, um, special education, and there's a slight dip for uh, English language learners. So I'm going to tell you a little bit, um, just an overview about the ADG graduation requirements. As you uh, notice, a couple years ago we have approved the ADG graduation requirements, where it will be uh, implemented for the class of 2014. In this chart, you could see um, the requirements itself. The All these uh, from courses, uh, different courses, and their um, credit requirements for each of the courses. Uh,
2: So, what are credit recovery and credit earning uh, programs? So, the purpose is obviously to increase high school graduation rates and also to ensure that all our students uh, graduate ready, college and career ready, and especially uh, with the UC and CSU requirements to go to uh, university. The strategy that was implemented was to provide multiple opportunities to high school students who have fallen behind on classes to retake courses or to take required courses to graduate on time. Uh, So there's various programs that have provided through various instructional strategies, online blended learning and in-person sessions. We offer courses outside the regular school hours, uh, after school, Saturday, summer months, and offer critical courses required for graduation. So, uh, through, uh, PEEF and through the wisdom of the, the Board of Education, the Office of Extended Learning and Support was, uh, developed. And the mission was to, per, uh, is to merge best practices with a uniform and open approach to maximize results and create a transformation portfolio of credit recovery earning options whose energy, rigor, tangibility, and culture relevance spark intellectual creativity and vitality to all students in SFUSD. And you can see our little—we have online learning, we have a summer school and summer bridge program, we have Sprout funds, which is uh, micro funding for local school site designs and an evening school program. And this was all aligned to the RTI squared model with an academic focus, uh, primarily in Tier Two. Uh, but we have branched off a little bit into Tier 3. But this kind of outlines and kind of puts in perspective the uh, intent of the program and the alignment with the Division of Curriculum Instructions RTI model. So this is the central summer school that your, the funds that the supervisors provided and in uh, 2013 we had four sites wallenberg high school balboa galileo and burton we had an enrollment of 2296 students uh of which um and then of which 92.2 percent or of i'm sorry i'm sorry 2296 students of 2489, which is 92.2%, completed at least one course with a grade D or higher, which is 72%, or 976 of the 1343 with identified graduation status before were off track to graduate before the program. And then we completed 3821, 3800, 821 courses, uh, which is 91% of the 4212 attempted.
0: I'm sorry, because you just uh, threw a lot of numbers out at us. I just want to clarify that I understood that. Um, So, how many students um, in this, of this, uh, I guess that last summer they were uh, rising seniors and rising juniors? Right. How many
3: students were not on track to graduate total? Um, Well, as you've seen here, um, of the students that um, completed courses, 72.7% were off track to graduate. And that includes the different grade levels. I'm sorry, could you repeat that? 72.7% of the students that completed courses in summer school were off track to graduate. Okay, but my question is, how many students Mm -hmm. were not
0: on track to graduate?
2: Oh, total overall in the whole district.
0: In the whole district. So I'm curious of that, how many were Mm -hmm. enrolled in these programs?
2: I don't think we have that data, but we can definitely get that data to you.
0: That would be great. So I so you had um two thousand four hundred and eighty-nine students enrolled. Right. Right. And of those, two thousand two hundred and ninety-six completed at least one course. Exactly. But we don't know what percentage of all students who are not on track to graduate actually enrolled in these programs.
2: We did not. Like break. the
3: total number of students that were off track.
0: Yeah. So it would be helpful to know if of the 2489 that enrolled, there were 2489 that were not on track. So you actually got every single student that wasn't on track into the program? Or were there 5,000 students that were not on track and you only got 50% of the students that were not on track
3: in the program? We could get that information for you.
2: Um, so you- Okay, so um,
3: this... I have two charts here, I'm looking back at the presentation, that shows a little bit about the outcomes of the Central Summer School outcomes. In this chart, we're really looking at the class of 2014 and 2015. Um, During the summer of 2013, there were 10th grade and 11th graders. As you can see in the first chart, it shows the percentage of on-track students who completed courses before and after Central Summer School. So if you look at the purple color, it shows how many students were on track before Central Summer School. And if you look at the green bar, it shows um, how many of them are on track after summer school. As you, look, as you can look at the total, um, before it was 29% that were on track, but now there's 41% that are on track um, to graduate. If you look at the second chart, it shows the change in graduation status of off-track students, which means, um, if, as you know, in the on-track, off-track status, there's different statuses, and uh, as you Achieve more classes or you gain more credits, you're moving up a level in your status. So here it shows, uh, I'm trying to show the different types of changes, uh, whether there's a positive change, where the student moved up closer to graduation, or there's no change, or there's some negative changes, means they retracted back. And as you can see, um, the different, I looked at 10th graders and 11th graders in Central Summer School, there are of all the grades, are around 35 percent that achieve positive change, which means they moved up in their graduation status. And these two charts really is showing that through the efforts of summer school, uh, students are able to move from a – there's improvement in their overall graduation status.
2: Are there any questions about that data? Okay, just want to make sure. So if we kind of – yes, sir.
4: I wasn't checking. Commissioner Wins. of all the kids were off track. Somewhere in here, do you have data that merges all the information? So they had other ways of making up courses, too. I understand you're going to go through evening school, things like that, but there's the online. What I really want to know is do we have somewhere Uh, that tells us here's where we were last spring, here's where we are now with those same students. So how many, you know, what uh, I appreciate the, you know, granular information about each program and its effectiveness, but what I want to know generally is how are we doing in the percentage of kids that are on track toward graduation from all the programs? So is that going to be in the, is that at the end of this presentation or are they all just separate?
2: They're all separate, but we, yeah, we can provide it. you with that.
4: Okay, thank you. Because for one thing, we won't have, we don't have any way of knowing, <laughs> to use a horrible term, that now we have to get used to. They're not unduplicated students, <laughs> so there isn't anything that says somebody went to Central Summer School, didn't take an online course, or go to evening school. So I just want to know how many, how our students are doing, how in, uh, generally speaking. So you'll be able to do that, but you don't have it today. Thank you.
2: We, we can provide that data. That's not a thank problem. you. We'll,
4: We'll
1: get that
2: So moving forward uh, through the uh, um, Public Education Enrichment Fund that was generally approved by the San Francisco the residents, the city of San Francisco voters, uh, this summer we're going to be offering summer school at four sites, uh, Washington High School, Balboa High School, Galileo High School, and Marshall High School. Uh, and what's I think really kind of, to use a vernacular maybe not so appropriate, but cool about Summer School now is that it's really a uh, collaboration with multiple departments in San Francisco Unified, which I think might have been uh, not present before, and the communication to really establish a uniform process and policies in terms of um, procedures of how to. Enroll students through the new Synergy program, uh, more targeted intervention with the counselors at the school sites, and just a more uniformed approach. I think is kind of really neat because before there wasn't really that that central um, control. So to not control in a bad way, but over, um, to really kind of organize it and make ensure that the students are, are getting the, what they need. Uh, and I think what's kind of also important to is through the PIF is um, at Balboa, we're gonna have a specific school for newcomers for English language development. We're funding eight teachers to specifically work with those population. Uh, And so that's very exciting, as well as Galileo, which is traditionally the senior graduating high school, summer school. And they will also have ELD, uh, special English language development, specialized program to support uh, our newcomers as well. Uh, Our Central Evening School, uh, we offer credit recovery options to 10th, 11th, and 12th grade students who need to retake a course or need credits to graduate on time. Uh, We had three sites this year. We had Washington, O'Connell, and Burton. Uh, We had an enrollment of uh, um, 212 students. Uh, and of those, 211 completed at least one course. Um, and here we show that the on-track, off-track, that 70% of the students or 141 of the 221 with identified graduation status before program were off-track to graduate before the program. And we had a completion rate of 98.9% or 241 attempted. Do you want to speak to the dad a little bit?
3: Um, here are two charts very similar as we looked into Central Summer School, just looking at the outcomes before and after the program. The first chart shows the percentage of on-track students who completed courses before and after the program. As you can look at the chart overall, um, before, summer, uh, before evening school, around 29 of the students were on track. After summer school, it increased to 43%. And, as you, and you, could, you also see some increases in the other grades as breaking down. Uh, if you look at the second chart, it shows us the changes in graduation status of our off-track students. So they were initially off-track in the beginning. And after the evening school program, we show a uh, positive change of 33%. So 33% of the off-track students were able to move up in their graduation status, meaning they're closer to graduation. And it also shows it breaks down by 12th, 11th, and 10th graders.
2: And then moving forth, uh... One of the things also that we have here is the spring uh, Central Evening School <clears throat> where we offer courses in biology, English, and then should be noted as well, uh, in the fall Evening School we had a special English language development class at O'Connell. That will also be de- uh, continued into the spring. We offer geometry, world history, algebra 1 and 2. And chemistry, And the exciting thing about chemistry, I'd like to just note, is that this year the uh, San Francisco Unified School District Board of Education actually approved a new online uh, vendor for the school district, which was uh, A through G approved. And San Francisco is the first, or if not one of the first, actually in the country to – or the state, I should say – to offer an A through G science uh, online with a wet lab and that's been very very exciting and Edgenuity is a great partner uh, on the online. Uh, the course offerings based on the student's highest course needs, one of the things that we felt that was very important when we kind of formed this office was we wanted to be accountable and so with the help of Julie Chan and our head counselor Nelson Pa, we really approached this with a target intervention model where we could actually drill down and find out through the D's and F list, the early warning indicators for middle school, exactly what students need what rather than kind of throwing a huge fishing net out there and trying to grab whatever we can, we actually can really kind of go at it in a more targeted intervention way. I like to say we like work smarter rather than harder even though we do work hard but we also try to work smart as well Um, and sites are located in strategically designed regions to ensure access and equity to all students uh, this goes into our target intervention model. Through our research, we kind of discovered that the best way to do it is to divide the city into geographic regions, and then through that geographic regions, we drill down even further to the neighborhoods and the schools to see exactly what classes are needed in what areas, and then we provide those classes rather than just a blanket class at, at all the schools. We actually look at what are the needs of the students and then provide those needs to the stu- those classes to the students. Um, Once again, uh, our online learning, which is very exciting with the move to the A through G, our San Francisco Unifieds old online provider was not A through G uh, certified through the UC doorways. So we had to to go through a rigorous uh, RFP process that over 20 online providers submitted for, uh, and through a three-stage process, we decided to go with Edgenuity because they were the most rigorous and had the most UC uh, A through G approved, and uh, we are offering um, courses throughout the district, and we actually have a online coordinator, Ms. Lynn Sawamoto who uh, is um, in charge of all that and responsible as the program administrator? And the important thing about that is, is if you look at the data and if you go to the conferences, they say one of the the greatest factors of success in an online learning program is actually having a main point person be able to administer the program. And fortunately, through PEF and through the um, commissioners of the Board of Education, we've been able to to provide that service to our students, which is really exciting because online learning is really kind of, I think, where we're going in the future, and also we're starting to develop professional development around blended learning and moving into uh, the new millennium of learning in that aspect.
0: Um, actually, Commissioner Fewer had a comment
5: and then I had a question about the online classes. Okay. Um, yes, I think that what this, while this report actually um, highlights all our strategies that we're doing. I think that what it doesn't contain is actually our outcomes for our projected 2014 graduating class which we, why we implemented these things. I think what happened to us, we passed an A through G graduation requirement which we feel was necessary for to bring rigor and also to give our students opportunity after they graduate because they are the minimum require, requirements to make you eligible to apply for CSU or UC. Um, And I think what happened is that the board voted then to, because of severe budget cuts, to cut all summer school and credit recovery sort of options. And so the city came in and generously helped us fund the first couple of years. And what we have seen through these different strategies, just to tell the supervisors, is that we actually, I think, should have brought our updated list on who is on track to graduate in 2014, and we are actually so close, I was completely shocked. I mean, I was sort of blown away myself because I think many of us saw the thousands of students that were on track not to graduate and sort of really freaked out, and then because we knew it was a higher bar, but um, what we've discovered, and I think we'll have new numbers because we're just calculating our January um, our last term, right? So that More and more students were on track to graduate through these credit recovery options, and that actually we are actually meeting our goal so close of graduating all students with the A through G graduation requirement. So, this has been a great collaboration between the city and also the hard work of our school district, and also you, Steve, and you in your department. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Um, Actually, my office did send in the numbers. At least for this year's senior class, that wasn't on track to graduate. It was 2,205. So, I, but I assume the class, the, the summer school combines both the sophomores and juniors.
2: Right, right, yeah. this, right.
0: But um, so I, I did want to ask about online classes. I know um, I'm sure there's been major um, improvements that were made since I was on the board of education. Um, but one feedback I often heard from students was that online classes were boring. Um, they weren't a really fulfilling way to learn. And so a big concern I know, even in the supplemental discussion last year, was, uh, is online classes the way to help support students that were off track um, to graduate? to graduate? <coughs> and so it seems like there's some other thinking around online classes, and I'm curious to hear about that. And also, what does it mean to have just one coordinator? How does that help make it a more enriching experience?
2: Okay, so <laughs> let, me, let me address the first part of your question first is a, a, one of the reasons for the move to a new provider was the feedback that we got was that the classes were not very engaging or rigorous and thus weren't really serving our students other than just a factory of, of, of doing, going through the, the program. With this new provider, we're actually very happy. It's actually a very rigorous program and that we're finding that the students are a, lot, uh, a great deal more engaged in the program and we're actually moving to, uh, because it's so new and the office is so new and the capacity wasn't there, we're moving to develop uh, a blended learning model so the teachers are actually in the labs with the students in that blended learning uh, capacity to help support the students. It's just a one component of the credit recovery options or the menu of the portfolio that we offer. But with the new provider, it's actually pretty impressive what they can do. And most of the feedback, uh, we could bring Linda Salamoto up. She's the, the administrator. She could speak to it as well. That the students actually do find it very engaging and that the, the, the school site administrators, as well as the coordinators, find it to be a much better product.
0: OK, thank you.
2: Yeah, it's actually really exciting. And so the second part of your question is how does one single person, uh, facilitate that process of uh, fidelity and validity in the online learning to support the students. So what the data says and what the research says is that to implement – what happens is is that sometimes when you get online learning, what you just do is you release it to the schools without any professional development, without any support, without any kind of prior no- working knowledge of the um, program as well as with a lack of – I don't want to say tracking because it's kind of a negative word – without the responsibility of data collection of what the students are doing, how many are completing the program, how much time they're spending on it, what is the completion rate, what are the difficulties, and through uh, Linda Sawamoto she's able to manage and really implement – we were going to essentially just roll out edgenuity online learning at just a few pilot schools throughout the district. but. Because Linda is so fabulous and she's really got a great reputation with the school site and has been in the district for a very long time, we were actually able to uh, roll out edgenuity online learning to every school in the district. Because we have that point person that's able to go out to schools and provide the professional development, to provide the technical assistance, provide um, any kind of support that the schools need, and also can track every student, every school, and run data based on that, so we can assess where we are and either make improvements or adjustments as we go forth.
6: Thank you. Uh,
2: So this is something that I'd like to just kind of talk about, which we kind of find really exciting and I think really is in the spirit of San Francisco. Um, So this is uh, something that uh, our office uh, came up with, and we call it Sprout Funding. And what we found is we budgeted uh, our money and we felt that really to meet the needs and the goals of the students, uh, we wanted to provide an opportunity for local school sites it, to be able to design their own program of credit recovery without kind of the centralized top down management style. Although we do have those very specific evening school, summer school, and online learning, what we wanted to do was provide them with micro funding. To be able to assess what program that they need. And the, the purpose of this is really to supplement programs, not to supplant. And really to, uh, encourage innovation at the school sites to be able to meet the needs of their specific students. And which is, really meets the goals of San Francisco's unified equitable distribution of resources rather than equal distribution of resources, which I think is really exciting for us. So we came up with a criteria of Sprout funding, and uh, it 's like i said microfunding. it 's nothing really huge, but if a school needs to fund an extra teacher to run a learning lab that 's specific to what they want to do, example for like ISA, they had a need to, for uh, some of their seniors needed to take a euro lit class and so in, instead of opening up a euro lit class at a summer, we did it specifically at ISA and funded a teacher there so we can improve their those students' access to those courses and to graduate. Uh, so some of the examples is we have a Saturday School of Burden, which is a partnership with Bayview Beacon Center. Uh, we have the Asawa uh, School of the Arts and the Academy of Arts and Sciences. Uh, that's a joint partnership with two high schools. Lowell High School, uh, we're offering biology and chemistry and a blended learning model, which is very exciting, which is very new to San Francisco Unified. and. Uh, And then I talked about the ISA. We also have two new Sprout funds. We're doing an elementary learning lab with the lead uh, led by uh, Dr. Stevens, Brent Stevens, Uh, where we're we're taking a cohort of eight teachers and providing an intensified learning lab for identified students in the elementary school. Uh, we are also uh, fi- working with uh, DCYF as well as YCD uh, to, de- to start a, a ninth grade, I guess you would call it a rising ninth grade bridge program at our high schools. So to provide them with an um, opportunity to become uh, acclimated to what's required and what's expected of them in the high school level. and I'm Probably leaving jumping out, but for that. I think you kind of get the idea of it. Once again, here's the Summer Bridge Program. Uh, so we're going to have two cohorts at two sites at Marshall and Balboa totaling 60 incoming ninth graders. And once again, it's really a partnership between San Francisco Unified, DCYF, and youth, uh, youth community developers. And this is really in the spirit of the Sprout Funds because we look for partners or uh, in-kind you know, contributors to support the Sprout idea. And for more information, feel free to give me a call. I'll try to answer any questions to the best of my ability. And I'd like to just say thank you very much for your continued support. Really, uh, just a little side note, I came from Los Angeles. And I have to say, my uh, seven and a half months in San Francisco has been absolutely amazing, working with the uh, Board of Education and their forward thinking and their willingness to invest in the students and the the future citizens of San Francisco, and also with the city and the partnerships that I've come in contact with. It's actually really been uh, really eye-opening what can be done when everybody comes together to work with a level of commitment to the students. And so I just wanted to say thank you for that opportunity.
0: Thank you, Mr. Kaufman, and welcome to San Francisco. Um, I don't see any comments or questions from committee members, so I was going to open up for public comment, um, and perhaps actually some comments and discussion uh, or questions will come out of that. So at this time, I will open up for public comment. So if you um, would like to speak on this item, please do come up. We will give three minutes.
6: Hello. Um, my name is Arielle and I'm a mayoral appointee on the Youth Commission. And I'm, this year, I'm the chair of the Health Education Wellness Committee, and I was also on the Education Committee last year where we really focused on um, closing the achievement gap. So last year, the Youth Commission and the Student Advisory Council, we passed a resolution to urge the Board of Supervisors, the Board of Education, and the mayor to urge the district to evaluate the current credit recovery programs. Um, and offer more opportunity for youth feedback to improve the quality and accessibility of these programs. And we're really happy with the budget supplemental and the funding for more opportunities for credit recovery programs, and we're also happy that we heard that the district um, hired a team this summer to do um, to work on a macro-level size evaluation of these credit recovery programs, but what we want to see more is a micro-level evaluation of these programs and that takes into account more of a direct-to-student perspective like what Supervisor Kim was saying about if the classes are interesting or not and also based on the graphs and the presentation we want to know why students are not changing the graduation, are like not gaining more um, credit or also there's negative change so we want to know why. And um, an example would be to have surveys or having um, visiting program sites or classes to really get a sense of the youth perspective. And as always, our committee is really open to helping in developing some sort of evaluation like this and also um, engaging the youth in determining what services are very beneficial in um, closing the achievement gap. And we hope to hear from you
0: soon. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. Actually, I do have a quick question for you. Um, When I was on the Board of Education, I worked with the Student Advisory Council and Youth Commission to pass a resolution on a teacher, a student evaluation form for teachers in high school. And I was curious as to how that program was going um, and if we continue to do that work.
6: Oh, yeah. So this year, I think they launched, like, a pilot teacher survey at Lowell High School, which is my high school that I go to. So they had it on um, schoolloop.com, and it had your schedule, and you basically were able to rank your, fill out the survey about each of your teachers. And I think they're analyzing that data soon to see if they will launch that in other schools as well. Great. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: Is there any other comment on this item? If there's none, I will close.
1: We're trying to decide who's going to go next. I I won. Um, Thank you, supervisors and commissioners. Uh, My name is Kevin Bogus, I work at Coleman Advocates for Children and Youth, Um, and I think we're really excited to see the the presentation um, and to get some of the data that's coming out. Uh, I think the only thing that that we have is similar to what the the commissioners and supervisors brought up about having better data that's more detailed and really disaggregated, um, especially since we know that African American and Latino students um, are having a lot more difficulty succeeding in SFUSD to really have those groups broken out as well as um, Pacific Islander students and really kind of highlighting the issues um, that those students have to face so we can make sure that they're being served. Uh, And I would also say the same with special education students um, and understanding that a lot of African American students are disproportionately placed in special education. So really trying to make sure we have data that's clear and transparent so we can kind of analyze what we can do to really improve the services. Um, for students. Um, thank you very much.
7: Thank you. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Faiza I am currently a junior at Galileo High School. Um, I live in the Selma area and I'm an intern here at U Commission. Um, I specifically took night school classes um, for, with the credit recovery program. Um, I had positive outcomes, which it really helped me by getting my grades up and catching up on my credits to be on track and be at where I'm at now. Um, My classes, um, for example, my math teacher, Ms. Liang, helped me a lot with my night school class. She was very helpful and very genuinely caring about everyone passing. Um, Some challenges I also faced were timing to get home from night school by ending at 5 or 5.30 from last semester um it was also daylight savings which i would probably get home from 6 or 6:30 um that was an issue for me because i am muslim and i'm indian and uh most females that are muslims have strict codes on getting home late um so that was a challenge i also faced um also more options on where i would have the night school class um for example if it w- it would be nice to have um a night school class near to my house so I wouldn't have timing problems, um, also to have passionate teachers who care um, on improved, on learning at the night school class itself. Um, and I think that's it um, and also thank you and I support the credit recovery program and I hope it continues and gives more options. Thank you. Thank you. Can
0: I, may I ask you a question? Are yeah. you, are you Are you a senior this year? Junior. You're a junior. Yeah. Are you on track now? Yeah, now I am. That's great to hear. Okay. Congratulations. Thank you. Are there any other members of the public that would like to speak on this item? Okay. Seeing none, we're going to close public comment and at this time um, open up for um, committee uh, questions or feedback, discussion, if there are any. Okay, great. You guys did such a great job. <laughs> I don't think we, we have other questions. I, I just wanted to say a couple of things maybe, and then, yeah, if you could uh, conclude, that would be great. Um, it, it's great to actually hear some of the feedback directly from students. On, on how the program is going. Um, I think from an adult perspective, we sometimes look at the data and the numbers, but um, really understanding whether um, it, it's happening at the right time, it's happening in convenient locations, and whether the curriculum and um, the teachers are engaging is, is so important. Um, and I've always thought that our best teachers should be teaching summer school and evening classes. Um, it shouldn't be based on kind of you know a seniority system or anything like that. We want our You know our 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 best teachers in those programs um, because we want our students to succeed, and so it's good to get um, that kind of feedback. And really looking forward to actually the student evaluations of the programs and how um, they feel um, that program is going. On top of you know, of course, the data on whether students are passing, and it's great to hear from Commissioner Fewer that um, this year's graduation. Uh, rate is um, is looking well, and I would love to get those numbers, and I assume we have the numbers for 2012-2013 um, as well. They weren't in this PowerPoint presentation. I know that that class did not graduate, have to graduate A through G, but I'm curious as to what that rate is. But it's great to see that the school district is going up every year um, in our graduation rate. Um, something that I know that gets lost in graduation rates, of course, is is it the rate um, the graduation rate of seniors that come in in August, or is it of when they come in
3: as a freshman? Um, so the so the CDE actually has a complicated formula. They call it the cohort grad, four-year cohort graduation rate. So they look at the group of ninth graders that in the beginning of ninth grade and see how they do at the end of 12th wow. grade. But so, they also consider students that Leave the district, and students that come into the district. So there's like a complicated formula, but it's a cohort, so it follows the kids from ninth grade to twelfth grade. So when when we say that in SFUC we graduated 82.3
0: percent of students in 2011-2012, that that is 82 percent of um, the ninth of grade students that started in ninth yeah, grade
4: four yeah. years ago. Yeah,
0: that's amazing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is.
3: I'm sorry, Commissioner Wins?
4: If they're still in the district. If
3: there's there's movement, students leave and sometimes students come back. Comes in. So they have a complicated formula that actually SFUSD doesn't calculate. We actually just use CDE's number because they have a very complicated formula that considers students that leave the district, for example, they left in that 10th grade, they won't consider that student anymore. And But they'll see if that student dropped out and... Things like that. So what does
0: it mean to leave the district?
3: So they went to a different district. So they left San oh. Francisco Unified yeah, and went to district. Oakland Unified. But or they it, went to another It does
0: catch students that drop out.
3: Yeah, it does. It does capture or that. Or that go into juvenile justice. Yes, it does. Yeah, it does capture that. But there's a complicated formula. But oh, okay. the idea is it looks at the ninth, in general, it looks at the ninth grade class mm-hmm. and then see how it does in four, four years.
0: And the second comment, um, it's not really quite a question, okay. but it could be a question or comment that I like to make, is something that. I um, would like to hear from this, uh, from a city perspective is how the city can support our students in graduating. So SFUSD are um, policy um, leaders in, in curriculum and education and that's not a place that I think we can really give a lot of feedback on. Um, but where I think we can be supportive is knowing what external circumstances impact the success of our students. So is it families having stable, affordable housing? Is it public safety? And if we know what those top external issues are, how can we support you? So when you're talking about the Summer Bridge Program, if we know that one factor in students not succeeding is instability of housing, how can we get, how can we get organizations like a bishop, that, do, that just work with families on applying for affordable housing, you know, staying in public housing? You know, what, what can we do to support that? Um, um, the external circumstances would be really helpful?
2: So to answer that question, uh, I could do two ways. First, uh, I think the beauty of this is in the wisdom of the commissioners of the Board of Education when they designed the office, where the extended learning and support. And I myself actually am a licensed clinical social worker and specialize in community and policy development. So that's something that my team and I will be definitely be looking at. Uh, some of the, uh, you know, I've had a lot of experience in safe school passages working in Los Angeles and uh, actually um, really the whole system's perspective to the whole child, working with the parents and with the city and with the schools to really develop a um, systemic approach to that whole child and supporting them. And I know that there's been conversations about the metro and the transportation and we took into account, the timing of it. You know, we were double stacked for the evening school. We reduced it to one stack because we realized our kids leaving school at 8 o'clock probably not might be the safest thing. So it's something definitely we are looking at in terms of our whole child approach and extended learning and support. And it's exciting to hear that you're you're interested in doing that because you'll definitely be hearing from us in terms of some recommendations.
0: Yeah, actually, you brought up a good point. I mean, if we know that um, SFMTA needs to support certain bus lines at certain times to accommodate our students getting back and forth, you know, those are, that's the type of feedback that um, the city can help with. And that's the purpose of this committee, right, is, is that we both have the city and the school district here. So what can we do on the city end to support our students in succeeding. And you know, recently I was at Tenderloin Elementary School and I asked, you know, what do you believe is the top kind of external circumstance that impacts a student's ability to learn when they come into the classroom? And the principal said hunger. You know, and if that is an issue, I mean, we need to make sure we are feeding our kids, and, and the city is coming to support with, you know, funding or additional meal programs and dinner programs. Whatever, I mean, that's something that I feel like we should be able to support you on. And so, if there are kind of if there are kind of known factors that um, we can be supporting on, that's what I would like this committee to be able to um, create stronger discussions on.
2: Fabulous. That's that's great. I uh, just two points I wanted to point out just on the public comment. Uh, The first, in terms of student voice in the classroom, Uh, the state superintendent just released uh, actually standards for uh, expanded learning, and one of them was including student voice uh, in um, the choosing of classes and the opportunities, and so that's something that we are actually aligning our program to now. We just started. They just came out, so we'll actually be aligning, I don't have them memorized, but One of them is to invoice, so we'll actually be working on that in our office to develop a a policy and a plan to implement that kind of stuff, so that's exciting to to hear that. And the second is to address uh, the better classes that are being offered. One of the things that we're actually going to be able to do now through PEF in our strategic planning through our logic model is to have uh, Uh, TSAs, which I guess you call Teachers on Special Assignment here, actually work in, because we're in the Division of Curriculum Instruction, design uh, intervention-specific curriculum that is going to establish some super standards that are aligned to the Common Core and the new standards for science uh, that's actually going to be, I think, more relevant for the students, which is exciting. We could definitely – you can call me and we could definitely sit down and talk. I would love to do it. Uh, and so to get your input and maybe be like on the focus group when we start to develop that curriculum, because that's kind of – we realize that our students who are in credit recovery might need a different type of instruction than that they received in the regular school day. And so you know, we want to make sure that we're using a, you know, a smarter approach to addressing those needs of those students. We, we are a firm believer in that, and we're actually pretty excited with wh- how we're going forward with that. Thanks.
0: Okay, so um, seeing no further comments, um, thank you, Mr. Kaufman and Ms. Chan for the presentation. Um, We we are, our next uh, select committee will be uh, actually on the third Wednesday of March um, now, and we have um, on deck, we have uh, the Children's Fund uh, hearing that uh, Supervisor Avalos and Yi have called for, and hopefully we will, the Controller's Office will um, have finished the data on the after-school-for-all hearing request that um, Supervisor Mark Farrell has called for.
4: Um, we are, if I may, we are go- want to do the after-school-for-all hearing in April because uh, Associate Superintendent Kevin Truitt will not be here It's a March break. meeting, although I think we better check on that, because if it's the third week, he might be here. So if you let me, I'll have the board office check on it's that. It's the
0: fourth Wednesday, so it's during spring break.
4: Oh, well, that's another reason why – well, let me check. But yeah, anyway, I, I, we, not, I, we don't want to do the hearing until he's ready. Okay. Although, actually, they're very ready, but we want to – he needs – he wants to be here.
0: Okay. So I, I know for April, uh, I was planning to call a hearing on summer school programming and summer jobs. Um, so we can include that with After School for All. I mean, we want to do it when all the information is ready to go and we, have, we can have a robust discussion on it. So then in March, we will just have the hearing on the Children's Fund, which is great. That's a pretty long discussion in and of itself. And I think in many ways, um, we were hoping that a lot more young people would be able to engage in that discussion because it is during spring break. Um, And so um, for those that are not going away, they'll they'll be able to um, participate in that conversation then. Okay. So seeing no further items, Mr. Clerk?
1: There are no more items, Madam Chair.
0: Meeting is adjourned.